Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about looking like an idiot. You know, no one wants to look like a fool, do they? And so... Uh, often people are thinking, you know, do I get into the property market now? Uh, and if I do, what happens if then property prices fall even further? I will feel like a bit of a deal. You know, no one wants to feel like a bit of a deal. It's all sort of ego driven. There's not necessarily a lot of substance or logic, you know, behind that equation because uh, the idea that maybe I shouldn't buy now because the market hasn't bottomed out yet is premised on the assumption that we know when the market will bottom out. Well, my my view will be it's uh, an incorrect or erroneous premise. You know, no one really knows when the market's going to bottom out, so it's a, a silly thing to think like that. Anyway, notwithstanding that, uh, what I did uh, recently is have a look at what happens if we look back in history and we we pretend that we were completely stupid, you know, that we bought into a market just before there was a prolonged dip, either in prices or, or dip in prices or, or prolonged sort of sideways movement. So what what is the impact, the financial impact of getting timing completely incorrect? So in the show notes, you'll see a link to a chart on our website. And, and in that chart, I've picked uh, two uh, points in time, one in Sydney and one in Melbourne. Uh, the one in uh, Sydney where property prices fell between December 1988, uh, so, so uh, nearly 30 years ago now, and uh, December 1990. So I thought, well, what happens if you bought in December 88? just before the market fell, you know, how would you fare today? And similarly, I picked a time in Melbourne uh, where the market fell between December 07 and March 09, so around the sort of GFC uh, time period. And I considered, you know, if you had a crystal ball and you knew that if you, you know, bought it uh, just before the the bottom of, uh, of the market or just before the market fell, or if you had some sort of crystal ball and you bought it at the bottom, what would the, the results have been? You know, how, how stark is the difference over that sort of period of time? So the Sydney investor uh, would have had $52,000 or 1.6% more equity uh, today. Uh, so really, that's not such a big deal given with the, the difference that we're talking about in equity is uh, 860000 versus 915000 You know, I don't think we're going to split hairs over that. Uh, and in Melbourne, the difference in equity is some 70,000. So that's really 250 versus uh, 320,000 or 3.1% uh, compounding better return over a, 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 a nine or 10 year uh, period. I guess the point I'm trying to make here is that even if you buy before the market dips and even if you pay an extra $50,000, uh, for a particular property that you could have waited and bought that same property um, uh, 12 months after that and paid $50,000 less, for example, uh, in the fullness of time, it's not really going to have a massive or material impact on your investment returns. Now, it's going to be a hard concept to grasp, really, because emotionally, again, the big driver is uh, fear and greed and the fear that we're going to look like an idiot because we've overpaid for a property or we've got the timing completely wrong. So you've got to put that aside because that's an emotional element. It's really not going to help you in this practical decision. Um, 
in terms of these two examples, you know, buying in, in Melbourne in 88 or in, uh, sorry, in Melbourne in 07 or in Sydney in 88, um, uh, the, it could have been a lot worse, right? So the people in, in 88 might have thought, well, the market's too high, the market will dip. The people in Sydney in, in 1990 would have thought, okay, well, I don't know if it's at the bottom yet, and the market then would have recovered and they would have still procrastinated. So it could have been a lot worse if they had have made no decision and and the, the investor hadn't invested in the Sydney property. They would be nearly a million dollars worse off. So instead of labouring over trying to peak the bottom of the market, just stick to the fundamentals and invest in great quality property. And that's really my point is that quality of your investment will persist a hell of a lot longer than your correct market timing. So the key success factor in any investing, in my opinion, whether it's property, shares, bonds, or whatever the investment is, particularly, obviously, this applies to long-term investing, that getting that quality right is probably a hundred times more important than getting the timing right. Um, the, the investor in Sydney could have bought um, right at the bottom of the market in 1990, but if they had a bought a dud investment, it's not going to, um, it's going to be worth a hell of a lot less than the investor that bought a quality investment, but got the wrong timing and bought two years sooner in 1988. So uh, the point is that no one really knows uh, what's going to happen next. No one really knows where the dip in the market's going to be, the bottom of the market's going to be. And as Warren Buffett says, forecasters will fill your ears but never your wallet. So everyone's very keen to uh, convey a prediction and you can certainly sit back and assess the macroeconomic sort of indicators and and get a sort of general sense of what you think the market might be, but it's all for nothing because you can't do it with any level of uh, such a high level of certainty that you can actually rely upon it to make a financial decision. And what we're really doing is it, we're just opinion shopping, really, and we've all got opinions, and that's fine, and it's good to talk about it. It makes a, a nice news article and those sorts of things. But when it comes to making prudent investment decisions, uh, our forecasts are for nothing. So really, your aim should just be a should be to outperform the median performance. And remember, the median is just a midpoint of all the data. So that means it includes a whole bunch of very ordinary properties. It includes a whole bunch of very good quality properties and a whole bunch of average properties. And what your goal is to apply asset selection principles, which I've spoken about on the podcast, in my blogs, uh, and in my books, uh, ad nauseum almost, apply those asset selection principles to buy the best quality asset that you can get your hands on. And you've got to be less concerned about the price that you pay for that asset. Now, I know that sounds, again, difficult to get your head around uh, because it's a much better story, I think, from an advisor to sell a client to say, look, I'm going to get your bargain because everyone loves a bargain and emotionally, that's going to be a better story to sell. But what I'm telling you is it actually doesn't make much of a difference, the price that you pay. You know, give or t- plus or minus uh, 10% is really not going to change the success of your investment strategy after 20 or 30 years. So in, in a way, in an environment where everyone's trying to pick the bottom of the market or where there's uh, some reluctance to jump into an investment market because of the volatility, in a way it is a long-term fundamental investor's uh, best friend because it creates that kind of inertia and reduces the demand for that 
uh, those types of investments and it's a lot easier market uh, to buy and invest in. So essentially what I'm trying to say is from the data, looking at the property market, if you buy or if you pick the bottom of the market or you buy at the peak of the market just before it drops, it's really not going to make much of a difference. Uh, time will do its thing as long as you've got a good quality asset. The differential um, in terms of the amount you've notionally overpaid because you bought it at the top of the market will become very, very immaterial in the fullness of time due to that compounding nature of capital growth. So anyway, that's just my my take on market timing. Uh, as always, there's more information in the show notes as well as that link to that chart that I, I spoke about. Um, and I hope that's been useful. Until next time, bye for now.